Welcome to the Neighborhood Radio, the Neighborhood Podcast, whatever we call this thing. I'm Nixel. I'm Vidman. And I'm Charlie. For a second there, I was going to say, and I'm alone. All right. So uh, today uh, we were going to talk about, so we, but like last week we said we're going to do this every, whatever, every Friday. And my thought was, well, we need to have something to talk about. And so I was seriously going to say the subject should be how we all make sandwiches. <laughs> that was my best idea. But then something happened this week. Uh, uh, Charlie, can you sum up? Oh, how do you like even bit, sum up what happened? Like... <sighs> so a few months back, um, I had somebody who had announced that they had slipped into a coma after several years of having lung cancer. And um, it just well, kind this, of... This did not happen on the neighborhood. So no. people who are listening are like, you know, I don't, I don't remember seeing this happen. This happens on a different server. Yes. But a lot of us all have friends in common. And and this story got heard by me, which is weird because I don't even know the guy. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I contacted you, didn't I? And I said, this guy has gone into a coma. And obviously someone else who is a mutual friend of the person and you you kind of caught interest in it all, didn't you? And you kind of did some investigation to see if this person was who he said he was. Well, and bring the conversation first before jumping into saying like, you did this, you did that, you know, to explain oh. the situation better. <laughs> well, I guess the overall situation is a, a person on discord had has fostered a community of people around them to believe that they were battling cancer and which, you know, true or not, that was the, that was the narrative that they're battling cancer. There was a time period a few months ago where they went through a situation where they were in a coma. And that's when I first got alerted to, this is kind of interesting and, and looked into it. But then more recently, uh, the narrative changed to this person passed away and thousands of, people on a server all were caught up in this narrative and, you know, went through the tragedy of loss of like knowing this person, knowing they'd battle cancer and they died. Yeah. Well, he was a true trusted member of the community. Like everything about him was true. Like his looks, his name and where he lived. So obviously because of those things and people meeting him, in real life. So like he was a trusted person of the server. It like, why would anyone doubt anything other than that? Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> what would you say this whole thing took place over the course of like maybe two years or three years? I mean, yeah. People I knowing mean, him as a person who was, you know, dealing with this stuff. He rejoined back the server earlier the year, this year, and um, he said, like, you know, sorry, I've been away for so long, had some personal stuff going on, this is what happened, and he said that he had lung cancer, Uh, he had a transplant, but um, it seems to have reappeared, and that he is in palliative care, that he's having treatment, on a regular basis of uh, morphine patches 
and uh, he's going to be having stem cell treatment as a trial to see if they could, uh, you know, yeah, uh, kill, kill him. <laughs> yeah, which that was the the red flags for me, and the reason I got involved is because I've had friends die of cancer. Like I'm old, and yeah. and cancer's taken a few of my friends. Um, some more personally, you know, have watched go through the process. And when I heard this story, I said, I said, well, send me a selfie of this. Like this person never supposed to a selfie. And someone said, yeah. And, and I think Charlie sent me a selfie at one time yeah. um, back when the coma thing happened. And, and I looked at it and I said, is this recent? It's like, yeah, this is re-. I said, This is not, this is a person with extra, extra body weight, bright eyes, full head of hair. They're not doing chemo. They're not doing radiation. It was weird to me. And then I didn't know all this other stuff. I didn't know the whole lung transplant thing. That that's also not a thing. Like I don't. I've never heard of anybody with lung cancer getting a lung transplant because it's it's one of those cancers that it's not like it's in one lung. You know, it's by the time you're dealing with it, you can remove part of it. You can have surgeries to remove part of the cancer, but typically you don't give a cancer a lung cancer person another lung because it's just going to get cancer. Like it's it's already usually you have to kill all the cancer in the body usually through pointed radiation and, and chemotherapy and both of which are like trying to kill your body in order to kill a cancer. You, you are on the brink of death continually and it takes a lot out of a person. And so typically the, the face of a person who's going through chemo, they have a little bit sunken eyes. They, they look sickly. Like you see them and you say, yeah, that person is something, something's wrong and you know it. And, and I was, I was a little taken back by the, how healthy the guy looked. And, yeah. Uh, so I was a little skeptical, but I, I don't like to step on people's toes. And so I, I think Charlie shared my skepticism, but our mutual friend was like confident in the fact that they were being helpful by, by encouraging this person through this hard time. And, but then things got a little weird and, and it got weird enough when, when people started having a dedicated channel to mourn his loss, I felt like it was, I think Charlie was the same way. It's time to like look into this more closely. Yeah, definitely. I, I like since we investigated the coma thing, it kind of like sat in the back of my mind. And then when obviously the announcement came that he passed away, I was like, oh, okay. No, something's definitely up. And I actually drafted a note to you to ask for your help and say, look, if you remember a few months back, we had this guy and you helped me and he had a coma, uh, you know, do you think it's possible that this is untrue? But then you kind of pinged me and was like, what's the deal? And I was like, okay, then he already knows. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, that's good. I don't need to explain myself or anything. Well, and so we've dealt with in the neighborhood, we've dealt with, uh, what I would call inauthenticity. So like people who are telling a narrative that's not necessarily true. And sometimes it's very mild. Like it's not, I don't know if you guys remember the sandwich thing where somebody posted a picture of a sandwich and said, I just made the sandwich. And there were already oh, yeah, somebody I that I was that. questionable about. I was like, I was like, this person doesn't seem like, seems like an alt account for someone else we already know. And so I Google image reversed the sandwich and it was like a seven or, you know, four year old picture of a sandwich on Facebook like the exact picture from the exact restaurant. And I was like, that's, you didn't just make that sandwich. Like that's, it's weird that you would lie about such a simple thing. Um, but there are people. 
on the Say, field. Say it again, Jimmy. You got to flex on something, then which it is. <laughs> I guess so. Well, my, my concern <laughs> is like, it's, it's, oh, it's the little lies that build to the bigger, bigger lies. Yeah. Like the, the personality types that do these kind of things, they fear that nobody thinks they're interesting. And so they, they create narratives that are more interesting to them. And so like for that person, I'm pretty sure they had a mental illness that kept them from being employable. So their fantasy was having a job and they were faking, uh, you know, having a career and having like, I work at the sandwich shop and this is what I do. And to them that was interesting. So people could talk about it and make them feel good. But the problem with that is it, it grows. Like if that's not interesting anymore, well, next thing I'll, I'll be sick. I'll have a family crisis, you know, relationship issues, and I'll play those things out in public. And, and get it. From there. yeah, yeah. And so in the neighborhood, we have a pretty much good practice of like, if there's drama unfolding, we try to take care of it in a small space away from the public to support that person. Cause it really could be true, but also at the same time, be aware that you can't believe everything you read just because someone's saying something is happening. Um, and often the case, if you pull people aside and say, let's deal with this, let's help you out as a small group. That's not what they wanted. They wanted the big drama and the big adventure of everybody reading what was going on. And when you take that away, motivation ceases. So, uh, but that didn't happen here because this wasn't in the neighborhood. So it kind of, I mean, it was a full fledged, uh, operation. Yeah. Like everybody was in. And so I, I went to the server where this was taking place. And the first thing I did when I, when I knew confident enough that, that something really fishy was up, I sent a message to the owner and I said, and we're not naming names. We shall not name names, but I, I told him what was up in very clear terms. And I said, you, you might have a situation on your hand here. I'm pretty sure this guy's not dead and that we're and you're, you're being a little bit bamboozled. Um, his response to me was, we are a hundred percent sure about this. You just need to trust us. And I was like, okay, no one's a hundred percent sure of anything. Like, like if you're a hundred percent sure of something, you're way wrong. Probably you should always be like 90%. 90% is really good. Yeah. 9.99. Like we're doing a podcast right now. I'm 90, I'm 96% sure that we're doing a podcast right now. There's always that weird chance that I'm senile and talking to a piece of cardboard right now. Percentage are just sleeping. This is all a dream. It's all an illusion. Yeah. I guess it's because they were friends with him for such a long period. And like, you're a newcomer, you're coming in the server and you're saying, Hey, this person that you trust and you love and you adore is not who they say it is. It's kind of a hard situation to kind of deal with. I think if someone was to come to me and say, Hey, you know, Zark isn't who he says he is. I'd be like, nah, you know, I I've met him. I know him. I trust him. Like I, I wouldn't believe that person that is coming in and saying all this stuff about someone. Do you know what I mean? So I can kind of see why he would say what he said. And yeah, so and that's why it, we did more. He's just trying yeah. to, as a leader, he's trying to just keep the ship together and say like, this is the narrative we've chosen. We trust it. We don't know you. We don't yeah. trust you. That's fine. And it, yeah. and it was, you know, it, it, the nice thing about the truth is it comes out eventually. If somebody's, yeah. if somebody is doing uh, a narrative like this or, or 
taking people on our emotional roller coaster ride that the best thing you can do sometimes is just step back and not be involved. Although that does mean that other people are probably going to fall for it and get involved and go on that roller coaster ride. But in time, the truth will come out. Like, yeah, it never, it, it, people who lie like that, it can't, can't go on forever. So. Which is why we did the investigating because we wanted to go back to these people and say, Hey, okay, you didn't believe me to begin with, but here is all that we know and do with it what you will. And eventually they did put up a statement and they said, you know, yes, they, they faked, they faked passing away. Yeah. Which is a horrible, horrible thing to do. But also it's, but I think it is, it's Munchausen syndrome, which is a real thing. And I, I explained to everybody that I talked to, cause I, I might've mentioned that too early on the server and a lot of people backlashed on me. They were like ready to ban me because I, I yeah. said, Hey, you know, I, I think you guys are becoming aware of this at this point, but I kind of called it out and said, this guy was faking some stuff and, and he is the same other account that you think is his friend. It's all him. And just be aware of that. And man, they, they turned on me so quick, but then yeah, some of them DM, DM'd me and uh, we talked about it a little bit. And I was trying to explain to them, like, he's still a real person who's probably really struggling. Like mental disorder is, is not far off from cancer anyways. I mean, there's, you know, whatever is holding him back in life, it's, it's a tangible thing. And uh, I don't know, did they end up banning him? Um, I think so. I'm not too sure. Uh, it's, it's kind of like nobody's really saying anything more about the matter. They have a channel now where people are open to discuss their feelings and it'll be deleted at the end of the week. And, um, I don't actually know what happened to the accounts. Apparently he deleted it after a thing came out and he's like, okay, now it's all out in the open. I'm deleting everything. Goodbye. I'm sorry for everything. I told the owner in these situations, you rarely ever get somebody to say, like, I made it up. Like, it, it's, it's, it's not in their skill set to be able to authentically deal with the lies. I think and, he did. I think he did as well. He messaged uh, the owner and he said, okay, then. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a messed up situation. Bad. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. And I I felt really guilty for thinking it because it's like, it's one of those situations where you're like, okay, I think this, but should I be thinking this? And it's like, it kind of eats you up because like. Yeah, because I mean, how, how, and I I didn't know the guy and I was sitting there going like, people are going to hate me if I'm wrong. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm like saying, hey, I know you guys know this guy and your friends, but like, I know somehow, like I know this isn't right. And it was really yeah. hard. It's real hard to convince. But I mean, I literally, if you ever just want to know what cancer's like, go sit in the waiting room of a chemo place and you'll be like, oh, I get it. I get it now. Like you can tell. Like it's, yeah. you know, it's a thing. Because it's not something that, you know, there are some cancers you get where you can treat them more very directly. Like, you know, if you get a skin cancer thing, they can surgically remove it and you will never get sick and you'll be fine. But if you go through chemotherapy specifically, it's, it's, uh, it's not a pleasant experience and it's, you know, there are people that would rather just die of cancer than have to do that ever again. So, uh, I don't know, but 
I was worried to death and people were, some people yeah. trust me a whole lot and they were just ready to jump. Yeah. Like, as, soon as, as soon as I said, I don't think it's real. It's like, Oh, then I'm just going to like ban and block. And I'm like, well, hold on a second. Like I'm not a hundred percent on this. Like I am, I am 55 to 60%. And I think we should hold off and then play things out and play it safe. And I think the, yeah. there's some simple security things that most major platforms use. And that's the one we ended up using that kind of, uh, verified that something really was messed up that about the, the information we were getting, which is if you've ever like been locked out of your social media platform for any reason, like let's say, uh, I think I created an Instagram once where Instagram was like, this looks suspicious because of the name of the account and we can tell you already have other accounts. So it feels like you're creating an alt, but I'm a business person who creates marketing accounts. So I create a lot of accounts and, uh, I had to take a selfie holding up a piece of paper with my name and the Instagram name on it and take a selfie and send it to them. And that's how they verified. It's like a, a criminal person is not going to leave a trail of evidence for what they're doing. So if you're, you know, in good standing, then you'll be willing to do this to get a hold of your account again. And sure enough, they, you know, once they get that stuff, they turn off. And so that, that system of being able to say, Hey, take a selfie with this piece of paper saying this. So we know that's a recent selfie, a timestamp of, you know, you trying to work with us that that does a pretty good, decent job of validating whether or not a person's being honest or not. Um, yeah. And that was, that was what I think we, we got one picture saying, this is me with, you know, as the person um, that I say I am. And then it's like, okay, thank you. Follow that up with a picture of you holding the piece of paper and then we'll be good. And that was when it was like all, everything halted and the gig was up because there was no way to do that, you know, with the lie that had already been perpetrated. So. Yeah. I think it's really important to get validation and proof. So like in this instance, we asked uh, for any proof of him passing away when the first, when the news first arose, we asked for the arbitrary uh, and, and any proof and like, they they was unable to provide that. They was like, no, we kind of want to keep it private. Uh, we don't want to discuss any of that. The family are already all stressed out as it is, uh, you know. Which but like, is another thing that's as much as I respect people's choices to be private. Um, when the long when a young person dies of something like that, a tragic death, you typically don't want to be super private about it because everybody needs to be able to grieve that, and you would be robbing all friends and family from being able to have the closure. So no, I've never heard of a situation like, like sometimes things like suicide where it's, it's, you know, you don't want to talk about it. Um, I had a friend who lost their son to something that was you know, questionable and it was awkward and the funeral was difficult and awkward because of it. But at the same time, you don't, you can't just tell all their friends family only it's, you know, it's a private matter. We're not going to really let, you know, let you know for sure that this person passed away. That's weird. Um, yeah. You know, most times when people don't get an obituary, it's because like full family shame or they, uh, no one, no one was around to write it because like an old person or something, but that's that, that was a red flag of being kind of weird. Um, yeah. I'll tell you this on discord. It's a discord is a platform where you make friends for when your other friends are busy. Like you don't, <laughs> you don't cancel a date so you can hang out on discord. Okay. You don't, I do. You know. 
<laughs> Isn't well, that right? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, most people generally, um, their their real life friends and family are going to come first. And so anybody who's going to Discord, <laughs> well, anyone who's going to Discord um, about trauma before talking to other people or, you know, too quickly, it's always a red flag that maybe that's not all on the up and up. Um, and also, you know, you should know people pretty well if they are, if they don't, if you don't know them super well, like, I mean, if someone's coming to you for serious trauma help, um, if you don't have their personal contact information and know where they live, you're kind of helpless to help them sometimes. So if you don't know that information, chances are you're not really the person they should be talking to and they should probably know that. So people who air their drama, you know, to receive that kind of support and it doesn't seem like they've actually gone to other sources, you know, they're not, they're not talking to family or dealing, you know, they're dealing with it on discord. That's really weird and sus- suspect, I think. Yeah, I agree. Always ask for proof, people. Like when he said what? that he was in the coma, like we asked for photos of him in the hospital, like mm. even with like a medical band on or like an IV drip on. And he was like, no, I really don't feel like doing that. And at the time, people were like, oh, okay, yeah, we understand. But now, looking back, we should have pushed more for, for well, that sort of thing. it's one thing somebody who's like, I don't, I'm not comfortable with pictures of my inter- myself on the internet. But if you're already taking selfies, I take selfies every time I give blood. I take, I might not always post them, but I take pictures of like the, the needle in the vein. And I'm like, you know, just as a reminder, this is the date I gave blood. But most people, when they go through things like that, they kind of want to share a little bit. Also, if you're going through personal trauma like that, that's a great opportunity to share so that other people can, if other people experience trauma with you, then they can better handle it in their own lives as well. Um, it creates a resource. Like if you really are dealing with illness, uh, whether it's mental illness or physical you know, issues, then Sharing those with people and being open about conversations about that and treatments and how you're working with it. That's it. I really encourage that. And I also would say, yeah. I don't think everybody needs to prove everything. I think that's one of the reactions that we get into, especially like this, this community that's dealing with this issue that happened in their community. They're going, I bet you a hundred percent. Well, I bet you 96%. They're going to turn around now. And every time someone claims anything, they're going to be a little bit more like prove it, prove it, prove it. The only yeah. cases where you need to prove it is if it personally, if it, if it's emotionally involving to you, like if, if, if you're worried about the person before you get too worried, ask for proof. And the second you get denied proof about the situation, it's okay. It's their choice not to prove it, but it's also can be your choice not to be worried. You should assume mm-hmm. that somebody who doesn't provide enough information or enough proof that it could just be a narrative and that, and be okay with that. You don't have to, you know, attack the person, but you can choose to kind of say, well, this is what they're saying and I'm not going to comment, but I'm just not going to, I'm not going to be worried about it. If they were really concerned, they could be more sharing with us. Yeah. Cause honestly, like if you are in a life death situation, if I'm on the floor and I just had a stroke and I'm talking to Charlie, I'm telling Charlie my phone number and where I'm at and how to call 911, which is what we do in America, call 911. But, um, like that's stuff I would be very open to share because I'm in a crisis situation. If you're not willing to share that, then these really aren't your go-to people for a crisis situation. Like you're not depending on them to do anything really. You're just wanting their attention. And there's a weird thing about that. So, you know, don't, don't worry about it. And if, if they're asking for money or collecting donations, that's a huge red flag that requires proof and really server administrators and community 
organizers should be very cautious about that stuff and, you know, thoroughly back check everything um, before uh, allowing that kind of stuff to take place. Cause that's just the worst is when you take some, someone's charity and misuse it. Yeah. And that's the one thing that was weird about this one is I expected that to happen, but it never did. It was, you know, it was when literally he, just for the attention almost. Well, um, when he did have his coma, I know that a few people put together a care package. And then after that, when he said that he really wanted something and it was on his bucket list, I think one of them was a, a Lego Transformer figurine. Uh, most people actually got him uh, the figurines that he wanted and sent it to him. Um so like yeah and he, I bet the, did, the sympathy probably did come into play a lot yeah yeah that, and that's that is disheartening but i think it was you know i mean i i've bought gifts for friends before that were just oh, yeah. discord friends and i don't i don't see that as being a big you know a big scam necessarily even if i find out later that their name's really not tom it's bob it's like oh that's not a big deal like, <laughs> yeah know, i I consider you a friend, so I bought you a gift. And I think that was a little bit more of that situation. But at the same time, it's hard not to be uh, driven with compassion on something like that. When you think a friend is really having a hard time, um, you're you're more likely to be compassionate and generous. And it's a real shame. And, you know, I would encourage everybody when you see stuff like this, you experience it, it's easy to close yourself off. Um, But most of the people you meet, are more authentic. You know, you're going to form real relationships on a platform like discord. You just have to protect yourself from a small percentage of people who are going to take advantage of emotions. And always trust your gut. Like I had this gut feeling, Nixel had the gut feeling and we went with our gut feelings and it turned out to be true. So like, if you have a gut feeling about something, always Trust it and look into things and be yeah. quite thorough with you. I always tell that to the ladies about like the, you know, if you're getting DMs from somebody and if you ever feel a little bit creeped out at all, trust it and act on it. Don't, don't wait around until the person does something inappropriate or gets you, you know, yeah. Uh, cornered. Yeah, when you know? someone asks, send nudes, that's a red flag. <laughs> <laughs> well, but you know, I mean, in, in, in the wor- real world though, that starts with, Hey, what's up? You know, and even sometimes that because because like, hey, what's up? I'm on a server in a room talking to people and you could say, hey, what's up there? But you DM me. That gives me a creepy, creepy vibe. And sometimes you just have to trust that. Like that's there is a reason somebody's isolating you in a direct message instead of talking to you in public. So get to the bottom of what that is and trust your gut. You know, a lot of times I think people who end up becoming the victims of of mistreatment um it's because their kindness didn't allow them to listen to that gut feeling they they postponed it because like i don't want to offend this person i don't want to i don't want to assume negative thoughts about people so i'm going to be more open and accepting but um you know the reality of that is eventually you're going to get hurt and then you're going to close yourself off and then you're going to just like close dms don't message me or i think you're a complete weirdo and that might be an overreaction so just try to listen to that quiet voice in your gut that says it doesn't feel right. And then or act on it. Gut that says, I need a sandwich. <laughs> All right, fine. Let's, <laughs> let's chew this up a little bit. Let's talk about the sandwiches. the sandwiches. If you were to go, Vidment, to your fridge right now, and I said, make 
your ideal sandwich. Now, not not paying attention to exactly what you have in your fridge. Maybe you had the chance to go to the store before this. What is what are the elements to your ideal sandwich? An ideal sandwich that you make at home, not like a, something you get at a French bistro. Okay, like you could make this. Um, what can I get at home? I suppose it's just going to be a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, but the jelly will not be from the store. It will be from my grandma. Ah, that's so cute. Okay, but we have an important question about this now. How do you make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? Take a piece of bread. Put it what kind on. of bread is it? <laughs> I is it white? With a knife, I take some peanut butter. I smudge it on that bread. Then I take some jelly. <laughs> on that peanut butter, which is on the bread. Then I take another piece of bread. Take the crust out and put it on there. This could like send me to you? sleep, honestly. What are, you, what are you, 10 years old? Why are you taking the crust off your bread? Come on. <laughs> and what is jelly? So like in England, we don't have jelly, like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. I always like jelly to us is your version of jello. So like I'm picturing that you get a bunch of jello on a piece of bread because like that's what we call well that's what we call your version of jello is jelly is jelly another word for jam I'm so confused yeah, jelly and jam are the same okay. thing in, the, in most of the rest of the world in most of the world except for Britain apparently. yeah I just like imagine like wobbly jelly on a piece of bread. <laughs> like, uh, well, okay, so I have I have a couple complaints about that, Vidman, which is you take the crust off the sandwiches, not the bread. That's weird. Um, secondly, you put the jelly onto the peanut butter, which means you've contaminated now the utensil that was used for the jelly. So, like, if you're sharing, if someone else is going to make a sandwich after you, <laughs> they have to they have to worry about the fact that you've got peanut butter on the jelly. Wouldn't you do it on separate pieces of bread? And then smash it together. That's, I think, the more sane thing And then smash thing to it do. together, yeah. Yeah. You're weird, Fidman. Very weird. Okay, well, I'll tell you what I do that some people don't like. I put peanut butter on both sides. What? And then, and then I plop the jelly in the middle and then use the bread to smash it around to spread it out. And it keeps the jelly from seeping through the bread. Oh, that's kind of smart. Yeah. But what kind of jelly do you use if it seeps through the bread? Well, I mean, like it's just strawberry jam would would if it, if you if you you know put it on there and leave it for more than ten minutes, it's gonna soggy under the bread a little bit. The the liquid of the who leaves a peanut butter and jelly sandwich for more than ten minutes? Well, I mean, a lot of people use peanut butter and jelly sandwiches to take to school or something. So if you're gonna mm. pack pack your lunch, I, I, peanut butter and jelly. Ew. I mean, you can't talk for a minute. You take the crust off your bread. <laughs> I bet he cuts it into like four little triangles as well. Uh, it's little hearts. Oh, <laughs> he, he throws God. away all the excess. He throws away about <laughs> a half a sandwich so he can have a designer heart shaped peanut butter jelly sandwich. <laughs> Do you have like a cookie? The only, the only person who can give me love is my peanut butter sandwich. Oh, that's so sad. <laughs> 
So do you have like a cookie cutter to shape it into a heart, or just do you kind of like carve away at it? It was a joke, Joe. Oh. <laughs> well, there's the thing for that. There's a thing to okay. So in America, we have these frozen pre-made sandwiches. I forget what they're called. What? They're they're so frozen butter, sandwiches. It's, yeah, it's peanut butter and jelly in a sandwich, in a little personal baggie, pre-frozen. It already has the crust cut off of it. What? And it's in a circle shape. And they're, they honestly are pretty great for if you want your kids just to grab stuff out of the freezer to make their lunch every morning and get off to school. It's, it's a reasonable way to do it. It's kind of a little more pricey than making sandwiches. But because they're frozen, by the time you get to school, it will be thawed by lunchtime and it won't be soggy and nasty. Um, and the That's way it's made, it's, it's, it's made by machines. So it's a perfect coat of peanut butter and a perfect little amount of jelly. It's the same every single time. Um, but uh, it is it is cut to a circle. And they actually sell devices for that where you can make your own little sandwich stamps. And it's such a waste because you're like cutting a circle out of a big loaf of bread and throwing <laughs> away all the excess. And... Throw away the excess? Well, do you eat the crust? Yeah. Oh, okay. Wait, you cut off the crust to eat it separately? Why not just leave the crust on the sandwich and eat it with the sandwich? Why are you cutting it off to eat it separate? It's so weird. <laughs> what? Okay, well, oh, first God. of all, at least if you're going to do that, admit you should make the sandwich first then take a knife and cut off all the crust. So that way you have a nice squared sandwich perfectly made and then you should still eat the crust don't ever not eat the crust it's a good it's a good it's a good part of the bread any sandwich that i make is not perfect <laughs> all right charlie tell us how they do it in the uk what, what's your uh well i love having um a ham and cheese toasty which is kind of like a sandwich so we toast the bread i'll butter it i'll put ham cheese and another slice of bread and eat it like that Great. So you butter the bread, then put yeah. ham and cheese. So like the the lubricant for the sandwich is the butter. Yeah. Well, Nick, so that's a nice way to. Put it. <laughs> you just make you just make rounds of toast. You make you put two toasts in the toaster or the, under the grill, butter it so it's like you know. Yeah. Well, yeah, it makes, and that makes sense. Every sandwich needs a certain lubricant. You know, a certain. A certain thing as a sauce. <laughs> well, because butter is not a sauce. Well, I, I don't know how to determine. Sandwich. It's just. I don't uh, like sauce, but yeah. Uh, have you ever had mayonnaise? I do like mayonnaise, so I don't think I could have it on the ham and cheese toasty. Yeah. See, I would. I would put. I would make a ham and cheese with mayonnaise. I think. Oh no. But I'll have to try it sometime with butter. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Well, my idea like sandwich toast. is is. Kind of like Charlie's. I think bread should be toasted or warmed, but the way I like mm-hmm. to do it is on the on the griddle or in a panini maker, where like you kind of smash the sandwich. So like ham and cheese is good, but I like my favorite is roast beef with sauerkraut, and uh, I make a horseradish sauce with a little mayonnaise, a little mm. horseradish, and I put that in there, and then you smash that with some butter on the bread and you on the outside of the bread and on the inside. What are you talking about? And you smash that on the griddle. And make a panini where it's like grilled on the outside and crunchy. And oh, if you're yeah, being yeah. really fancy, you, you take a little Parmesan cheese and sprinkle it on the bread. And when you smash Ooh. it, the cheese burns into the bread and it's, oh, it's delicious. 
but that's a lot of effort too. I only do that once in a blue moon. Of course, now I'm keto, so I don't even eat bread. So this whole conversation is depressing to me. <laughs> but <laughs> I will say in the UK, we like our uh, pork and stuff in BAPS. Do you have those in a, like where you guys are We from? don't even use like, the word BAPS. What is that? Oh, like a cob. A, a what? A, a roll, a bread roll. A bread roll, okay. <laughs> So yeah. it's, it's, you don't like slice it open like a sandwich. It's a bread roll with just stuff stuck into a hole. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And we have like shredded, uh, like pulled pork and like gravy. And then we have stuffing, which is like, uh, what would you it say stuffing is made of? Pork and gravy. What's in the gravy? It's like beef, beef gravy. Okay. So, so like, like a, a sauce yeah. that's made from the, the, the beef fat and maybe some like Worcestershire sauce or something like a little. No, not Worcestershire sauce. No, no, is it no, sweet, no, no. Is it sweet gravy or is it? Uh, it's just, just savory. Be- it's just yeah, it's savory. So okay. it's just like yeah. So you you mix out that in with your pulled pork. Then you I know this put- is a distinction for America, but all our <laughs> things that we put with pulled pork are like have like corn syrup or sugar all over it. Like oh, I like barbecue sauce. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. we we would do that, but. That's also because we put sugar on everything. So do you guys have stuffing? Like it's like sage and onion or like mashed together well, with like herbs and stuff. Yeah, we also we like we typically when you say stuffing in America, you're also talking about that ingredients inside of a cornmeal or cornbread mixture. Oh and no, so, it's nothing like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like a bunch of herbs like mashed together. Sounds interesting. Sounds very safe. Like yeah. It is very savory, and then like if if you're really adventurous, you can have a little bit of applesauce with that. Oh, nom! <laughs> that's interesting. I love it's these conversations so about food around the world because it's like that is that's why I figured we could talk about sandwiches, and we'd all have a very distinct, different opinion. Although I will say, Vidments is probably shared with every other third grader. Um, <laughs> <laughs> No, peanut butter jelly probably is the ideal sandwich. I love peanut butter. But see, like in the UK, is peanut butter common? Uh, it It is. I'm not too keen on peanut butter. Um, I've, I've heard of a lot of places where you like say peanut butter and they're like, peanut butter? Like that's that's weird. Who eats peanut butter? And I'm like, peanut butter is like the best. It's the, <sighs> it's the liquid of the gods. Peanut butter. I think Cass is probably Marmite. Which is oh, yeast yeah. extract, but yeah. I really do not like Marmite. No, that's that's weird. It's that's disgusting. Right. It is vile. Yeah. yeah. Is, is, is that, isn't that the Australians that invented that or brought that to the world? I have no idea. I don't know. There's something from Australia that's kind of like Marmite, or it is actually Marmite. I don't know, but it's it's gross. My brother was big into Australia at one point in his life, and he ordered some from across the world just so – and this was like you – know, 25 years ago or more and it was disgusting but, but yeah everyone's everyone's different you know you're raised around a certain culture even here people make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches different so it's interesting to talk about and see what so Sandwiches well, are fascinating. that was fun guys um if you're listening in um uh, go join the neighborhood go to general ping vidment and tell them about your ideal sandwich <laughs> yeah um and uh we will uh do this again next week i guess guys are you mostly up for it yes okay so we'll try to do this more regularly uh if you have something you want to talk about or want us to talk about let us know 
Um, you can uh, subscribe on iTunes and all that kind of jazz. We'll probably put up a YouTube channel, a YouTube video that contains the podcast, and you can get it there. Um, anything else, guys? No. If if anyone has any topics, then let us know with the feedback command. Yeah, or if you liked it or disliked it. Yeah, anything at all. Just, just spam our DMs. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> well, then we will conclude this podcast, everybody. We'll see you later. Bye. Bye. Sexual. <laughs>